This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sheffield may be famous for its steel production, but it was United being put to the sword by City at Wembley on Saturday afternoon. A different United awaits in the final. That's to come. Up this week, though, we get ready for the big one against Arsenal on Wednesday. It's Monday the 24th of April. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. Whisper it people, but the treble is well and truly on. So gear up for what could be a potentially season-defining couple of weeks by heading over to Beer Monster. It's the place where you'll find all of your favourite household beers at refreshingly low prices and listeners can grab an extra £5 off any order between now and the end of April. What's more, with free shipping on all orders over £35, there is absolutely no excuse. UK residents only 18 and over drink responsibly. Welcome back, everyone. Another week. Um, I'm glad to be home. I'll get into my intrepid adventures shortly. But Joe, kick us off. Monday morning, moment of the weekend for you. My moment of the weekend was um, Manchester City being the reason that Spurs lost 6-1 to Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> continuing, continuing to ruin football. Shake Mansoor with those bloody late goals against Spurs, hey, <laughs> dear me, somebody should sign him up. Um, Ollie, same question, moment of the weekend? Um, probably what getting my absolutely football, non-football fan best friend into watching Welcome to Wrexham and then watching uh, Ryan Reynolds and the gang go up uh, as champions of the National League at the weekend. That was that was quite a nice sight. I think it's a great way to get someone who's never really appreciated the sport into it, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But haven't I seen a tweet from you, Molly, saying that 
you wanted anyone but Wrexham to win the league. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I, it's it's one of those things. I mean, I think the funniest situation is if they go straight back down because it will just make for great television. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be like that Sunderland series on Netflix, um, <laughs> which is kind of what I'm hoping the vibe's going to be uh, for yeah. Welcome to Wrexham. But um, it's just fun. It's, it was just fun, isn't it? I mean, you can't dislike Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Mm. And I think I'm you sure know, the, the people listening to this probably will find a way. But I, I'm the same. I, I, I look at it in a similar way to City in the way that they've quote unquote won the lottery, and you know the fans they, they've suffered. A, go back 11 years, mm-hmm. I think it is. Wrexham supporters had to buy the football club because it was on the brink of extinction. Now they've got two Hollywood stars as their owners. I think it, I think it's a great story. It can get a little bit too much at times, uh, but it's a great story. As for me then, it was it was walking through the door to get home after a, what was originally planned as a Tuesday to Thursday two-day trip to Munich ended up being a five- or six-day adventure from Manchester to Dublin to Nuremberg to Munich to Frankfurt Back to London, sleeping on Stansted Airport floor, then off to Wembley, an appearance on BBC One, and then obviously Manchester City beating Sheffield United. So I was by the end of um, Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, I was dead. But it's great to be back, and and what a week as well. Uh, Joe, let's get into that match we're here to speak about then. Manchester City 3, Sheffield United 0. Before we went on this pod today, I had to do. I had to go back and check the score because I think for the first time in quite a few weeks, I'd, I'd actually forgotten about it. Now that maybe be my uh, lack of sleep over the last six or seven days, but I think it was a pretty unforgettable match of football. I don't know. We were saying before we came on, it, it felt like the par score, the par performance, the par result. You know, everything about it just felt as it should have been. No major takeaways, which is great because we're going to spend the next half an hour speaking about it. But still, a good win nonetheless. Yeah, it feels like we're at that time of the season where obviously, you know, what City do is of utmost importance, but we always kind of have an eye on so many other matches. You know, the Arsenal-Southampton match on Friday, there was kind of an eye on that, and the result there being great. Um, and then obviously the United versus Brighton match was was big, right? We're, we're kind of keeping an eye on so many other matches. You also have to take into account that the matches that City are playing. Um but yeah, I mean, the match itself at a high level, at least, I thought was interesting because obviously if you look back, 3 nothing looks like City just are a side that's incredibly talented, playing a, a good but championship side, and that's what you'd expect. But I mean, what was it, two minutes in, and Jai has that chance that mm. I think eight times out of ten probably puts in the back of the net, and they were playing full-on ten behind the ball. So that match could have gone a totally, totally different way had that chance been converted so early on, it just felt like kind of that initial wake-up call that I think the squad may have possibly needed with just everything else going on around them. Yeah, in the build-up to the game, I was looking at it and I was going, okay, City have more than enough to get past Sheffield United, but at the same time, if there's going to be a a, a shock this weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the Championship team knocking City out because Wednesday night against Munich was an emotionally exhausting game, let alone physically exhausting. And obviously the the rotation came in. Um, Ollie, the, the, the team selection I, I did feel was interesting. The players I thought would be rested weren't. I'm looking at Jack Grealish. I'm looking at Ilkay Gundogan. I'm looking at uh, Erling Haaland. You know, players like that I thought would maybe get a little bit of time on the bench. They played. 
However, at the same time, it was sort of a patched up 11, Sergio Gomez getting a Wembley start, which I was, I was happy for that. I thought he was fantastic on the night, on the day or afternoon, in fact. But, <laughs> you know, it was a strange selection when it came to it. Yeah, it was It was one of Guardiola's more interesting team selections. I mean, the team's picked itself for the last few weeks anyway. You know, it's been, what are the injury concerns? Right, Phil Foden's not available. And then the before the international break, you know, Haaland obviously being out for the Liverpool game. So there's all that to take into account. Um, and we just, and, you know, he, sh- he shook it up. You know, I, th- I think we could have played any sort of team out of the players we've got and the result would have been pretty much the same. I don't think there's an 11 uh, in City's ranks which doesn't produce a 3-0 win uh, in that game. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we could we could talk about Calvin Phillips being snubbed uh, for Sergio Gomez if we want. But you know, we've had the Calvin Phillips debate a million times, both on the podcast and in our group chat. And I think you'll just end up shouting at me, Amos, uh, <laughs> the same things you've been shouting at me for weeks over that guy now. So I won't go. I won't go into it. Um, but um, yeah, Kyle Walker getting a start, uh, Laporte getting a start, and that's going to be big for him getting minutes because if Ake is not fit for the midweek game against Arsenal, you know, then at least he's got some minutes in his legs. Um, but a, a good a good day out. I mean, this has been the game, the FA Cup semi-final, that Pep's had to rotate his team in for years, you know, but it's always been Liverpool or Chelsea and I think Arsenal uh, in, the co- in the lockdown COVID yeah. year. Um, so it's always been a game he's kind of been forced to rotate in, really. And it feels nice that we've been able to rotate and not really see a, huge drop off in terms of the opponent we're facing um you know because that team against you know liverpool last season you know it was it was it's been embarrassing for us in the fa cup semi-final for a few years so it feels good to finally make it to the final even if it's against sheffield united um in what felt like a very predictable game yeah, yeah, it did, it did, and um, you know, fair play to Sheffield United. They obviously had an objective. I was listening to, I think it may have been Blue Moon podcast before the match, whilst walking around Frankfurt City Centre, and they, they had a, a Sheffield United podcaster on, and they were saying, you know, usually under under Heckingbottom, they can flip between two sort of styles of play. They can go at it, they can be expansive and excited, but without McAtee and without Tommy Doyle, two of their main players, it was clear they were sort of going to go to Wembley and just try and grind out whatever result they can. I think they'll be they'll be respectable. Uh sorry, they'll be respected with that 3-0 defeat. Early chances, as you mentioned, Joe. But let's speak about the man of the game then. Riyad Mahrez. So a great tweet from Sam Lee actually who said Mahrez with a hat trick and it's not even Ramadan. He's put a real big selection headache into Pep Guardiola's head, hasn't he? Because I think the consensus was, especially in those Bayern Munich games, that Bernardo Silva is the main man for those big matches, as we've seen so often in the past. But the way City's midfield has operated with Gundogan, De Bruyne and Rodri in the three, it was unlikely Bernardo would play in midfield. Obviously, Grealish is having his best spell as a City player. So Bernardo's been playing out on the right-hand side. Has Mahrez just made a case for him to start against Arsenal in, in the biggest game of the season for me on Wednesday night? I think he's... He's certainly, like you said, given Pep something to think about. My guess is had he put in even a a good, not great performance at the weekend, it would have just been reverting back to what we've seen in the Champions League um, in terms Mm. of that, you know, four center back, back four, um, Stones tucking in and then Bernardo up front. Now I think 
you know, if you're Pep, you're debating, and obviously not to get too much into the Arsenal preview, but you also have Foden to think about as well um, on, on that right. But I don't think if you're Riyad, you can't be hanging your head, right? There's nothing else he could do at the weekend to, to put his name into the hat for a match against Arsenal. Um, I think the only thing for him that might be going against him is just the intensity, the sheer intensity that will come in that match. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, what we saw yesterday and what's really been the case for most of the season with Riyad is he hasn't always been getting a run of four, five, six matches in a row, um, like like Grealish has, or, you know, obviously a Rodri or certain center backs. But it seems like he's probably more than any other time in his City career been able to come in either off the bench or from a run of games on the bench and made mm. huge impacts. And it seems like that's a huge development in his his City career because he's talked about wanting to really play at City until he retires, not leaving the Premier League. He's one of those players that doesn't need to be pacey you know he could age gracefully and I think if he can kind of work his way into this role of either being a super sub or playing every couple matches and having this type of impact that's that's a dream player for a manager to have yeah and and he was superb Ollie that second goal where he's just sort of glides through the defenders and, and like we've mentioned it was a resilient Sheffield United back line if they did anything well it was restrict City to chances and he just sort of he, he shapes a square it to Haaland then skips past that defender and it looks like the sideward passes on to, to Alvarez but a, a really composed finish and I guess we've had wingers, haven't we, at City, particularly last season, like Sir Sterling and Jesus, who have who've really struggled to ch- take those chances and, and finish well. You can't say that's the case for Riyad Mahrez. And all three of his goals, we'll, we'll speak specifically about the penalty situation in a moment, but all three of those goals, different types of, different type of goals. And when you look at the fixtures coming up for City, he's such a useful asset. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was classic Riyad Mahrez, that second goal specifically. Uh, it's, you know, it's the Riyad Mahrez the Premier League has known and loved for, you know, way before he even joined Manchester City. Um, you know, there's a reason he was uh, the play, the PFA player of the year when Leicester won the league. There's a reason he is, you know, I think what the most assists by an African player in Premier League history. I think, I think, I, I, I don't, I can't verify that, but I think that's the stat. Um, you know, Riyad Mahrez is, is an absolute, you know, you could go as far to say he's a legend of the Premier League, and you know this wasn't a Premier League game, but at the same time, you can't put you can't do anything but put respect on his name. You know, he's, you know, and there was talk of him being grumpy and not happy with his playing time, but you know, to come in like that, just put, just not even be arrogant about it, not even be like I'm here now, this is what I do. I'm, you know, he's he's never been that sort of guy for us. He just kind of gets on with it quietly, and you know, you mentioned a Sam Lee tweet one. I'm going to mention another one. Uh, he said, fair play to Mares. Uh He's missed out recently. Guardiola wants his top four midfielders in the same 11 for the biggest games, specifically Bernardo's pressing ability. But Mares is always there at this time of year. This is what he does. This is his bread and butter. He turns up when City needs someone to just put the ball in the back of the net to just do the job. Um, you know, you think back to the Champions League running uh, 2021, you know, Dortmund, PSG. He ran those games, um, you know, and you think back to last year, he was our top scorer. Yes, he was on penalties. But, you know, the, with the woes City have had from the penalty spot, you know, it's good to have someone who's reliable. Now we've got two players who are reliable there. Um, as you said, we're coming on to that. But, you know, it's, it was just a classic Riyad Mahrez performance. Uh, can't be happier for him, really. It, it also feels like, you know, obviously I talked earlier about how these evolutions to his game and his personality. I feel like in the last probably two to three seasons, more two in particular, he really has become this big game player where it felt like his first couple of years at the club while he was still settling in, he was putting up significant numbers, but it felt like it was in 
early rounds of domestic cups, playing, you know, newly promoted sides in the Premier League. Like he, he clearly has quality, but it wasn't really showing up in the big matches. And now it's one of those. And I wasn't always his biggest fan in his early days at City, but now it feels like you could play him in any match, any condition, and he relishes that moment. You know, he'll do what it takes to to contribute. And we we saw it, you know, in full at the weekend. Yeah, yeah. And and I do feel like sometimes he can go not missing, but he can be absent in a few matches because his style of play isn't like Grealish where even if he's not having a productive game, he's having a, a busy match because he's involved, he's winning fouls, he's making tackles, etc. With Mares, a lot, a lot of the time he can maybe get a little bit lost on that right-hand side, but then pop up with a goal, two goals, and in this case, obviously a hat-trick for City players to do so at Wembley. Um, quickly, before we go for the break then, Oli, the penalty situation, it, it caused a bit of confusion in the stadium because obviously Riyad Mahrez picked up the ball to start off with and then Ilkay Gundogan had it in his hand. Erling Haaland was hovering around the penalty spot. Mahrez took it. Haaland missed his first penalty in a City shirt. Uh, I'm surprised it's taken this long, I have to say, against Bayern Munich on Wednesday. Mahrez obviously then has been given the nod to step up and take uh, take the next one. What do you think going forward? Say, for example, last minute of the game on Wednesday night, City get a penalty to win the match. Who do you want stepping up? Um, well, I, th- I think a lot of people's reaction to this has been a, a little bit overblown, to be honest. You know, a, a lot of people are expecting Pep to be, you know, that he should have said no, Harlan's the taker or whatever. But I, I just think he leaves it up to the players. I don't, looking at it, you know, from the angle, the angles we saw, it didn't look like Harlan wanted it really. And, may- and maybe it was the Bayern misplaying on his mind. But I don't, I don't think he's that sort of player, really. I don't think he's got that mindset of, you know, I think he was just kind of happy to, you know, give someone, give someone else it. Um, you know, maybe Mara stormed up and demanded it, um, you know, because it is about confidence, you know, from the 12 yards. But especially, you know, in front, in front of a noisy end of fans, you know, you don't want to be feeling that pressure. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we've seen Gundogan miss them. We've seen Mara's miss them. Now we've seen Harlan miss one. He is human after all. Um, but I just, I, I don't think it really matters. I think just leave it up to the players, whoever feels like they can do it. Nine, nine times out of ten, that's going to be Erling Haaland. But there might be that one time where he just isn't in, just isn't in the headspace, just isn't in the zone for it. Um, you know, and it's good to have someone like Maris who can just as adeptly step up and fill up and fit and fill in that role. Um, you know, both left footers, and then you've got right footed options like Gundogan. You know, we've seen Kevin De Bruyne take them. He's got. a relatively decent record but he's said clearly he's not interested in being the penalty taker uh but the duty has fallen on him i i just think it's good that we've got players who have that confidence to step up even if they've missed in the past you know that's the most important thing for me it's not about who takes it it's about just everyone you know being together and you know stepping up for their teammates when needed Mr. Motivator. Yeah, well said. Um, Okay, that'll do for part one. Join us momentarily after this quick break as we continue the chat about the FA Cup. Hello, listener, and welcome back to the City Report podcast. This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to find a variety of ales at refreshingly low prices. Purchase before the end of April and you'll get £5 off every order and there's also free shipping for any order over £35. UK residents only, 18 and over, drink responsibly. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. A massive week, uh, they're all massive weeks at the moment, it has to be said. Arsenal on Wednesday night and then obviously the Premier League charge continues before Real Madrid in the Champions League. However, Joe... There is 
a FA Cup final, obviously, after progressing against Sheffield United on the horizon. We had the, I don't know if I'd say the the pleasure or the displeasure of playing first and then getting to see who our opponents would be. But it is Manchester United. They win, incidentally, on penalties, beating Brighton, who, who were really good against United and really unlucky and, and really, probably should have scored three or four themselves. Um, a little bit of a debate already sort of emerging online, whether or not it's a good or a bad thing that City have United in the final. Essentially, the two arguments are United aren't very good at football. At least they haven't been sort of in recent weeks. The That's going against, obviously, it's Man United, it's a Manchester derby, form goes out the window. Where do you fall on, in on this then? Because um, I think Ollie and I, I know, well, I know Ollie and I have some strong opinions. It'll be interesting to see where you kick it off with. Well, I think before the match ended, I was feeling of the mindset that City have come such a long way this season in just collective team form. They're hitting stride at the right time. It seems like, you know, yes, in, yesterday, in um, Saturday's match, for example, all the subs had seemed like they had a really good impact. And I'm like, I don't really care either way who they play. Obviously, being thousands of miles away, it's a little bit different, right? Because God forbid things go wrong. I don't get the brunt of it as much as, you know, you guys would. But I wasn't too worried. And then you, Amos, actually just planted something in my head that ruined it for me when you said it's, it's <laughs> as I six, often do. <laughs> it's what, six weeks away. Anything could change for, for better or for worse for either side. And then at that point I'm like, oh crap. Now this now this sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, playing, you know, the rags in the final. So I I would have rather it be Brighton to to answer the question. But at the end of the day, my my bigger fear is the fact that there's a, a strong possibility that United will have nothing to play for at that point. Well, yeah, that, that'll be all they'll have to play for. And it could be to prevent City from getting the treble, which they obviously have had. So those two things have now just been like seared into my brain. And now I'm like, well, wish it was Brighton. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Manchester United in the FA Cup final it is one of the worst scenarios I've ever, ever seen happen and ever seen sort of come to fruition. It, for, for that reason as well, obviously, this six or seven weeks until the final itself, City, as United have done themselves, could pick up some, hopefully, touch when it doesn't happen, some serious injuries. Suddenly, it looks a lot different. It could come. After a Premier League title win, it could come after a Premier League title heartbreak. It could come before a UEFA Champions League final. It could come after a UEFA Champions League semi-final heartbreak. There are so many different permutations that, for me, make United versus City in the FA Cup final such an, an unbearable experience. And that's without even mentioning the thought of having to share the stadium with the supporters. Oli, I know you're with me. It's horrible, isn't it? It's absolutely horrible. I can't. I, I, we're what over a month away, and I already can't stand it. I want it over with. Has anyone got any Buddhist retreats that they could? Uh, I've got any spare space in for the next two months. I feel sick. I feel genuinely ill at the thought of having to play. I've I, honestly, since the semi-final draw for the FA Cup was made, I've just felt sick at the thought of this game happening. You know, this is the you know everyone the first all Manchester. Uh, cup final. I'm going to burp a bit, but it's not really all Manchester, is it? There in the city <laughs> the first of Salford. Greater Manchester. Yeah, gr- yeah, <laughs> the, the, the Greater Manchester Derby. We need to stress this. Uh, um, but I, it's just a horrible, horrible thought. You know that I've I've started saying, you know, it could be the best game in City's history or the absolute worst. There is no in between with this. 
you know, win it, win it, winning a cup final at Wembley against them lot would just be so sweet. But the heartbreak and the pain and the devastation of losing it and the mocking for the weeks, probably years after. Whoever scores the winner in this final, it doesn't matter what club they're from, that is going to be a picture embedded in the head of every fan in Manchester for years to come. You know, that is a picture to burn in my mind. I hate the idea of it being a player in a red shirt. I just hate, oh, I'm, I feel sick at the thought of this. <laughs> but just imagine if we win it. Just, just uh, we could, we could talk. I can talk about all the despair, but I'm going to spend a few seconds being trying to put a positive spin on it. Imagine if we win it, though. That's just that's ultimate, you know. I mean, that would just Is be amazing. Because I think so. It, for me, I look at it and I think, and, and I appreciate, you know, this this goes beyond the extreme of oh, it would be horrible in the build up. The actual thought of that full-time whistle going and City obviously being crowned FA Cup winners would be fantastic. However, at the same time, I feel like it would just be an overriding sense of relief more than anything. A case of, oh my God, we've got through it as opposed to, oh my God, we've done it. I don't know. Obviously, that's many, many, many weeks away. And and in that in that moment, in the stadium, of course, it will be jubilant. It will be fantastic. It will be incredible. Obviously, though, Joe, the other aspects of this is, as I mentioned before, it could fall in between what is a club defining couple of weeks if City are still in contention for the treble by that point would have known the fate in the league would have known the fate in the Champions League or at least up until the final so is there a case that adding Manchester United into the mix here makes things worse in terms of City's chances for the treble take away the quality of the, the club for a moment but just in the case that they are obviously uh, winners of a treble in the past, at least the club is. In 1999, United did the the same sort of the the same trio of trophies. City are chasing here. Say, for example, they have the chance to deny City that. Surely that's a, already a one up for United's players. And obviously, as well, you know, you've got the the thought of Pep Guardiola trying to rotate players, trying to keep people fresh. We don't know what injuries are going to be. You know, there's all so many different uh, aspects to this game already, which make it interesting in the build up. Yeah, and I, I get all of those points, and I do think there's a lot of reasons you could get in your own head to be negative about it. I think the positive spin I would put on it is there's no having you know one thing after another in terms of potentially the final Premier League game of the season being title-defining, having the FA Cup being before the Champions League final. Yes, it's fixture congestion. Yes, it's a lot of difficult batches, but it doesn't let City take their foot off the gas. It doesn't let them take any single day for granted, so... You know, that, again, if City are in the Champions League final, you ha- you still have a week apart. And this is a club that tends to thrive when they have matches every three, four days anyway. So give them a couple extra days rest. For me, it's the the positive spin I'm going to really try to tell myself here is you're, you're basically saying, hey, you have to stay sharp for this match because after that you have the Champions League final. You can't just afford to, well, we'll rotate a little bit here. We'll take our foot off the gas. There's too much on the line for all of those final matches of the season. And, and that's what I'm hoping and I would like to think with Pep as a manager and just these players as a whole, you know, they'll want to win that cup. You know, De Bruyne talked about it this week, um, how much he, or, or last week, I guess, how much he wants to win the FA Cup. And we know how much they all want to win the Champions League. So if it lines up, I think for them, it's just business as usual. Every game matters. And that's going to be the case from here on out anyway. So I'm not, 
I'm not too too worried is what I'm going to tell myself now. <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah. You, you can very much see Guardiola's press conference for this final already in your in your heads. You know, if if we've won the Premier League, it's gonna all the journalists are going to want to talk about is the treble. They'll want to try and trip him up about 1999 and all of that. And if Man United want to roll out the red carpet to let that old sod back into their dressing room, be my guest. But, which which one are you Pep speaking about? Well, <laughs> so many I mean, of them. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, take your pick, but um, you know, there's words on there's words about many of them I can't say on this podcast or in any sort of public scenario. Um, but frankly, you know, I, I, I just I rate Pep Guardiola enough to be able to get through something like this. You can see him in that press conference now, just go, no, it's, you know, it's 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 another game, it's another final, it's a great final, great opportunity, but it's no more special if we were playing Sheffield United or if we were playing Liverpool or Chelsea or whoever. He's not going to be bothered. He's going to see it as an FA Cup final to win. He's going to see it as another trophy. He's not going to see it as the biggest Manchester derby ever. He's not going to. See, he's he's not going to care about that. I mean, we, there's rumours of it. Not rumours, but there's talk of him every time there's a derby that he just doesn't really care about it. He sees United as completely inferior to us. He, he rates Liverpool way above them even this season. Um, you know, that's Pep Guardiola's way of thinking. He's not going to care that, you know, he's, that's the one part of the club he's not yet to fully embrace. He'll take little digs and sly little moments at United, but he's not going to come out all grandiose and talk about the brilliant history of the derby and, you know, the 5-1 Main Road Massacre or, you know, the FA Cup semi-final, you know, when we when, when we first won it. You know he's he's not bothered about that. He's going to see it as a cup final to win, and there's I think I think there's going to be a lot of happy blues retweeting quotes from that press conference and all of that, and then the next day the nerves will come back in and we'll be thinking, oh god, because you know, <laughs> but that's just how he operates. That's how this club operates. Those players aren't going to be sitting there tonight, have, uh, last night, having you know seen the result, thinking, oh god, it's Manchester derby. They're going to be pumped up for it because it's an FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the only other thing apart from that is, like we said before, it's a derby form goes out the window and that has been the case for City at certain points, be that the fault of the officials. I'm thinking back to Old Trafford. I'm thinking back to 2017-18 when Ashley Young nearly chopped uh, Sergio Aguero's leg off in the final minute of that game and, and there wasn't a penalty given. So, you know, there, there are factors that can make this pretty, pretty horrific, but there are factors that can make it fantastic and hopefully that's what will be the case. Um, before we wrap there and a couple more talking points Joe obviously title race took another swing whilst we were focusing on the FA Cup Arsenal dropping more points no win from three however this time they came from two nil two sorry two goals down to snatch a point late on um what do you think that does obviously big big week big previews coming up in the Arsenal game so we'll keep it uh, keep it uh brief but what do you think that does heading into the build-up to, to Wednesday's match I think it's just I, I mean I don't know what coverage you guys got um, on your end, but when that match ended in the States, the look on the players' faces was far different than any other of the last three draws that they've had, the Arsenal players. It just, it was a look of defeat and just like something hit, you know, that I, I think they're realizing just what it's like to be in a title race with City at this point. And I haven't seen the mood around the Arsenal squad look as dire and just, sad as it was uh, on, on Friday night. So, I mean, for them, obviously Wednesday presents a huge opportunity to kind of reintegrate themselves into the driver's seat of this, this title race. But I, again, from a city perspective, I, like I said earlier, it's business as usual. Every game is, is, you know, title defining, you know, 
it, it won't really matter on their end. But I think for Arsenal, this is kind of do or die. So. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a big game nonetheless. Um, Ollie, then finally, before we go, Manchester City women, they wrapped up a 6-2 victory, a very impressive 6-2 victory. A, a game that had considerably more events and talking points than the, the Sheffield United one, it has to be said. A few handball decisions that did, uh, didn't did necessarily go City's way and, and, and did go uh, their way in terms of Aston, uh, sorry, in terms of West Ham not getting a, a penalty themselves. Um, it takes it up to second. There's only a couple of games of the season left to come. A Manchester derby as well in there as well. So so both men's and women's team have that to come. I still think the, cha- uh, the, the league title is probably out of the question. Chelsea and Arsenal, both in Champions League action this weekend. They've got games in hand. Champions League qualification, however, remains within touching distance for City. So it'll be an interesting one to watch in the, in the run-in. Yeah, I think City's aim for this season is now secure top three for Champions League football next season and stop Manchester United winning the league. Uh, it's that's it. That's it. That's that's their aims, and that and you know we're going to find out how powerful. It's, it's roles stop. reverse, isn't it? It is. The, it uh, really is. It's, it's, it's quite interesting, um, but I still wouldn't rate Manchester United women as you know a kind of incredible you know force in the way that City are in the men's games or the way that City are, have been in the women's games. Um, mm. But yeah, it was really really good results today. Crazy start. Uh, early brace from Chloe Kelly. Two goals in sixteen seconds of on pitch play um which was astounding uh, and then west ham got back into it uh, and then city just you know they do what they do so best bunny Shaw popping up with a goal laura coombs he's been an absolute star this season uh, had a, a little bit of a quiet patch the last few weeks but she stepped up with a goal today steph horton the skipper goal on her birthday always a great moment and with all the talk about her um england future or lack of england mm. future uh, it was kind of a really good moment for her. Who knows, you know, w- Leah Williamson's injury, um, ruling her out of the World Cup. It, that might be a spark for Steph Horton to just get back into the England squad. Um, so, you know, there's the things, the things for them to play for. Uh, as we say, the league title, it's not going to happen. I think we can be quite realistic about that. But, you know, with Arsenal and Chelsea in, you know, continental competition um the injuries that arsenal have faced absolutely devastating three acl injuries in one season is mm. abysmal and it ne- and it's something you know it absolutely needs to be investigated and looked into and researched further in the women's game but uh, city can take a lot from that you know the scoreline i don't want to say it flatters them but it was a gritty performance it felt like they were fighting for the win uh, today uh, getting over the line you know uh, there was a it was, was a great tweet that saying Pep Guardiola if he was manager of City Women today he'd say they played better when they lost to Arsenal a few weeks ago than they did today <laughs> despite the scoreline um, and I kind of think that rings true you know it just kind of shows there's some kind of mental parallels as well as on pitch parallels between the two sides the men's and the women's um, but you know if if they can end the season well get into the top three I think that would be great considering, you know, the up and down nature of this season um, and they can't be too disappointed after, you know, some really kind of recent disappointments, you know, losing to Arsenal, all that sort of thing. So they're still they're still in the hunt for top three, which is fantastic news. Yeah, Chloe Kelly shining as well, which makes it a good weekend, regardless of whatever went on. Um, right, okay, that'll do for today's show. Follow, subscribe if you haven't already. Massive, massive couple of weeks coming up. As I keep saying, it seems to just keep coming and coming and coming. The big matches, they're not going to stop. Joe, thank you very much for your company today. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you, Amos. 
Oli, likewise, I'm I'm already trembling about the Manchester Derby FA Cup final, and we're well, like we said about six weeks away, so I'm sure that'll get worse. But uh, thank you for adding a little bit of positivity, it has to be said. Well, I'm trying my best to you know hold your nerve, City fans. It's going to be a fun ride, whatever happens these next six Bumpy. seven weeks. Bumpy, yeah. but uh, I think we can. All, I think we'll all be able to take some enjoyment out of it. But thanks for having me on again. We wouldn't want it any other way. That's what we want this time of year. Um, Okay, then, tomorrow, Arsenal Look Ahead will be heading your way. Until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.